You are listening to Books Are My People, a bi-weekly podcast for book lovers with book news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 33. I am recording on Friday, October 2nd. So just when you think the world can't get any more surreal, it just does. And that is our new reality. Happy October, everyone. Fall is my favorite season, and October in particular is my favorite month, even though this year feels kind of meh. We did manage to get out of town for a few days for my husband's birthday. We took the kids to Big Bear, which is a little mountain town about two hours east of Los Angeles, and we spent a lot of time on Big Bear Lake and went canoeing and just spent three days outdoors. It was so nice to get away and have a change of scenery. I have not given a fowl report in a while. For those of you just listening, I have seven backyard chickens and a duck, and I do have some news there. So we hatched the chickens about a year and a half ago from an incubator, and for the first time, one of our chickens is molting. She lost all of her feathers, and it looks like someone had a blowout pillow fight back there. There were feathers everywhere, and I was very concerned that something had come to attack them when I first saw the feathers. But I guess the molting process can be extremely painful as their new feathers come in. Um, I noticed that this chicken, her name is Ob, she's been kind of separating herself from the flock and she doesn't want to, I think she's avoiding rubbing up against them um, because it really hurts. But she's doing a lot better now and a lot of her new feathers are coming in, which is exciting. And our other foul news has to do with our duck named Ducky. So a few days ago, I had let the duck out of its little sleeping hutch and it was wandering around the yard as it tends to do. And all of a sudden, a red-tailed hawk swooped down out of nowhere with its talons out and tried to grab my duck. Um, Luckily, the duck scooted out of the way just in time and the hawk missed it, but it was really scary and it totally freaked the duck out. Um, And I know it freaked the duck out because it came when I called like a dog and went into my arms and let me carry it, which it doesn't normally do. Uh, The hawk flew into a nearby tree and just stared at us. It was crazy. I do think that the hawk could definitely damage the duck, but I don't think it could pick it up because we have sort of a fat duck. Sorry, duck. So that is my backyard bird news. If you are a new listener, welcome. And if you've been listening for a while and like what you hear, please consider giving me a five-star rating on iTunes. It takes just seconds and helps other listeners find my podcast. I will be teaching an online writing workshop about strategies for writing scenes in novels and anyone at any level of writing can sign up. It will take place on Sunday, October 18th from 10 to 11.30 Pacific Standard Time over Zoom, and I will leave a link in the show notes, or you can look it up on my author website at jennifercaloyeris.com, and advanced registration is required. I am thrilled to announce that I am booked with guests through April of 2021. I have mostly authors coming on the show, but I just booked my first librarian, which is very exciting. And if you are an author or a bookseller or a librarian or involved in the bookish world somehow and would like to be on the show, please do send me an email at booksaremypeople at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And the last thing I wanted to say before we get on to the news is that with the holidays coming up, 
I wanted to offer a curated book experience to a few listeners who would like a book recommendation for themselves or a friend. You can simply email me with a description of what you or the person you'd like to get a book for likes to read, what their interests are, and maybe even a book or two you didn't like so I can get a sense of what some good suggestions might be. And then I can give you a few books tailored just for you. You can email me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com and put the words book recommendation in the subject line. I look forward to hearing from you. Now it's time for some bookish news. So I have a lot today. The National Book Foundation announced its long list on Friday, September 18th, and I have only read and talked about two of them on the show, so I definitely have some reading to do. And the two that I've recommended on this podcast are A Children's Bible by Lydia Millett and The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And definitely the next one I am going to read is Ruman Alam's Leave the World Behind, which comes out tomorrow. According to nextweb.com, the U.S. Library of Congress has released an AI tool that lets you search through 16 million historical newspaper pages for images that help explain the stories of the past. To use the system, you simply enter a keyword in the newspaper navigator, and the AI will surface match from a data set of 1.56 million newspaper photos. Um, You can also specify a date range and a state in which the newspaper was published to get your image. Then you can download the image, you can read the accompanying article, you can view the entire issue, um, or learn more about that specific newspaper. I love this for so many reasons. I think it's an amazing tool for writers who need to do some research on a specific time period or a specific state or a specific moment in time. Um, And I also think as an artist, it would be really fun to look through some of these old images and try and paint them. We are getting a ton of book adaptations coming out over the next year, and I wanted to share some of the ones that I'm most excited about. So first off is uh, Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, which is coming to Netflix this month, which is perfect for Halloween. Um, I would love to be able to fit in a reread before it airs but I don't know if that will happen. It's about a second marriage as the wife tries to uncover the mystery of her new isolated home. Another adaptation that I'm looking forward to is Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. This detective story was first adapted into a film in 1978 and a new 20th century studio version will be released in October. And it will serve as the sequel to the 2017 Murder on the Orient Express, which I watched with my kids and they loved it. They're really fun. I never read this novel, Death on the Nile, but um, I am looking forward to it. Next up is Dune by Frank Herbert. So Warner Brothers is set to release this movie based on the popular book Dune, um, and this should be coming out in 2020. Next is The Witches, which I have mentioned on the show. I loved this book so much when I was little. I did watch the Angelica Houston movie, which was not my favorite, but I still liked it because it was The Witches. But Warner Brothers is releasing a second movie adaptation of The Witches sometime in 2021. 
And the last adaptation I am looking forward to is Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI by David Gran. Um, This is going to be from Paramount Pictures and Apple TV. Martin Scorsese will be directing this. And this is a true crime uh, that happened in the 1920s. And it is about the mysterious deaths of some of the Osage Nation members. I read this book when it came out with a bunch of friends, and I look forward to seeing the movie adaptation. On to the books. My first pick for the week just won the Women's Prize for Fiction, and it is called Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. I was so excited to read this book for so many reasons. Number one, it involves a pandemic, the plague to be specific. And if you've been listening, you know that even though I keep trying to quit the pandemic novels, I cannot. Number two, it's a period piece. Again, if you've been listening, you know that I love a period piece. And number three, it involves Shakespeare, which isn't something I get overly excited by, but I have been to Stratford-upon-Avon where the story takes place, and my current sixth grader spent a lot of time last year learning about Shakespeare and rehearsing for his role as Horatio in Hamlet. So O'Farrell's last book, I believe, was I Am, I Am, I Am, which was published in 2018, and this was a nonfiction look at her own life through 17 near-death experiences growing up. Hamnet is her eighth novel, and it is historical fiction based on truth. Um, Not everything in it has been confirmed, there's some conjecture, but it is based on the true story of how Shakespeare and his wife lost their 11-year-old son, Hamnet, to the plague in 1596. The chapters in the now of the story start when the plague affects Hamnet's twin sister, Judith. These chapters alternate with chapters about how William Shakespeare meets and falls in love with his wife, Agnes. And all of this is tied into the fact that Shakespeare is writing a play called Hamlet, where he deals with some pretty heavy father-son issues. Agnes is a fantastic and spunky character who you really want to root for. This is a story about family, about grief, about love, aspirations, and just about how bleak childbirth really was back in the day. It made me very much appreciate the two very sterile births that I gave to my children at UCLA Hospital. And of course, through the lens of today's pandemic, the story felt very relevant and timely. And again, that is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. My next pick is The Death of Vivek Oji by Akwake Amezi. This is Amezi's third novel, but I've only read their second novel, Freshwater, which was a fantastic young adult novel. The title tells you exactly where the story is going, so there are no spoilers here, but it's just how it unfolds that keeps the reader turning the page. The story circles around Vivek, a young man growing up in Nigeria, and the ways in which the world does not see him. Uh, He keeps his hair long, he wears lipstick, um, and yet the world will not see him. His life is revisited through flashbacks, growing up with his cousin, but then Vivek also visits from beyond the grave in certain chapters. It's hard to give this kind of story justice because part of what makes the story so successful is the way it unfurls and the way it's so beautifully written. I remember having the same feeling when I read uh, their young adult novel, Freshwater. 
The narration follows different characters, Vivek's parents, how they met, Vivek's cousin, Osita, a childhood friend named Kavita, and we get to know Vivek through their eyes. We see what they see, and by proxy, we don't see what they refuse to see. This is an incredibly moving, incredibly beautifully written novel that explores gender identity and family. It really packs a punch for its length, which is not that long. And again, that is The Death of Vivek Oji by Akwake Amezi. For my next pick, I have a genre that I don't usually talk about on the podcast, and that is a cookbook. I wanted to preface this by saying that I have been eating vegan for eight weeks now, and I should say eating like a vegan. And I say that because the whole thing started because I suddenly developed high cholesterol and I decided to try out a vegan lifestyle to see if I could get my numbers down. Um, so I just had my retest a couple days ago, and my cholesterol is down by almost 40 points by eating vegan. So I am going to stick with it. And I say sort of like a vegan, maybe I can call myself vegan adjacent because I do eat egg whites. I found out that egg whites have zero cholesterol and I have a flock of chickens in my yard. So they give me beautiful organic eggs every morning and I don't want to waste them. So Anyhow, I was sent a copy of the cookbook Evolving Vegan by Mina Masood, and it was sent to me at the perfect time. Mina Masood is an actor who starred in the live action version of Aladdin. Um, That's where you might recognize him from. And this book is not only filled with delicious recipes, but it also traces Masood's evolution to living his own plant-based life. Evolving Vegan is a vibrant cookbook exploding with exciting vegan cooking ideas. The pages are colorful and creative. Bagels and locks are constructed using carrots. Crab cakes, and I say crab in air quotes, feature hearts of palm. And my favorite, albeit the most ambitious meal in the book, is the Ethiopian dinner that includes components such as split peas, homemade wat, and collard greens. I've prepared it and it delivered. This book is fun and inventive, and I loved reading about which particular restaurants in various cities inspired certain dishes. I think too many times chefs don't give enough credit to those that influence their cooking. Mina Masood delivers intoxicating recipes that range in flavor, and I cannot wait to eat my way through this book. A special thank you to Tiller Press and NetGalley for the copy of the book. My next pick for today is The Comeback by Ella Berman. And this also is not a type of novel that I normally gravitate towards because it's about actors in Los Angeles. And having grown up here and living in that world, it's just not a topic that interests me at all. However, I read some great reviews and got a little curious. So I read it and liked it. And I thought maybe some of you would like it as well. The story revolves around Grace Turner, who's 23, and she's already a washed-up actress. She ran away from the Golden Globes a year earlier and moved in with her parents in Anaheim in the house she purchased for them. She's newly sober, and throughout the book, we learn about how she was discovered at the young age of 15 by a famous director, Abel York, and he groomed her not only as an actress, but as a means to control and abuse her. When her younger sister leaves boarding school to also move back into the family home, Grace decides she's got to get out of there and it's time for her to go back to LA and face everything she ran away from a year ago, which includes 
uh, Abel York, as well as her husband that she ditched. This is not a super fast paced novel, but if you can stick with it, it's well worth it and definitely drew parallels between the horrific stories we've all been hearing about Harvey Weinstein. This is a dark novel about the gritty side of Hollywood and abuse and addiction. And again, that is The Comeback by Ella Berman. I don't want to end on too depressing of a note, so instead I'm going to end with this incredible novel that miraculously just arrived in my mailbox because of what I do. Sometimes I just get books sent to me in the mail and it's just the most magical thing in the world. Um, So this book arrived a couple weeks ago and it is called Bright and Dangerous Objects and it is by Annalise McIntosh and it comes out tomorrow. I knew absolutely nothing about this book going into it, and sometimes I think that's the best way because I absolutely loved the entire reading experience. Macintosh packs so much into this slender novel. Um, She is a British author, and this is her U.S. debut, and the book is about Solvig, who is 37, and she has a boyfriend named James, and the novel starts with them sitting outside, looking at the stars, Solvig is a deep sea diver for the oil industry, and she enters a competition to land herself a trip to Mars to be one of the first humans to inhabit that planet. And it's clear that if you win this competition, you sort of will lose your life because no one is coming back from that mission. Uh, James, her partner, is eager to start a family, but Solvig has major doubts about becoming a mother. This novel was so poetic and just completely enthralling. I loved how the thing that links the various threads together is this idea about foreign terrain, because Solvig is talking about outer space, and then she's exploring the deep sea, and then the foreign terrain of contemplating motherhood. This is a novel about loss and choice and exploration, and even though there were a lot of poignant and quiet, relevatory moments. This book was really funny as well. Thank you to Tin House for sending me this advanced review copy. And again, that is Bright and Dangerous Objects by Annalise McIntosh. Up next for me is The Orchard by David Hopin. And next episode, we will be joined by Canadian author Mallory Tater, author of The Birthyard. If you can get your hands on it and read it before the podcast drops, that would be fantastic. Fans of Margaret Atwood will absolutely love this book, as I did. All of the books I've recommended today are listed in the show notes section of this podcast, as well as at booksaremypeople.com with a link through to my bookshop.org store, Books Are My People, where you can purchase these books. I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week and don't forget to get your flu shot.